It's just yeah, it's just a you know, it's just an open mic. It's just uh it's just like an open mic, Merritt. Uh, what do you mean? Like no, the podcast. <laughs> this is just I you know, it's a conversation. No, I know, but I'm wondering how often you do the podcast. Oh, I this comes out probably once uh once a week, maybe. Once every sometimes I do two episodes a week. Oh. You are the first guest uh after I had the very famous porn star Chanel Preston was a guest on here. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. She uh I talked with her over Skype. We talked about she's actually yeah. a very intelligent woman. She um she did uh she does a podcast called Sex Think, which is like an interesting intellectual sex topic show that she does with a guy named Rob Nelson, who's also a host on Fox News. And he's just kind of an interesting so I ha- I listened to that podcast. And then messaged her, and she was like, "Yeah, I'll do your podcast." That's cool. Um, are we like <laughs> introing me, or I just feel bad for your audience? Do they want to know who I am, or do they not give a? Right, fuck? Let's, let's, I'll do the reset, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Madness <laughs> Continues podcast. Uh, this is your host Brendan Lemon, and today our guest. Uh, I have people on from time to time. Sometimes I just rant. By the way, I should tell you, Merritt. Sometimes I rant. Sometimes this is just thirty minutes of me ranting oh, about well i'm really good at interrupting so don't worry yes. I, i'll <laughs> break your rants i'll just go on and on about like uh dogs in the park across the street i mean like it's a i'm a real old man on this show do the dogs make you mad yeah it's not a dog park okay it's a park with children in it who go play on the playground and you're mad that the dogs are playing and having fun no i'm mad that there's dogs in there that are pooping and peeing all over this thing and they're not supposed to be there there's but kids who play there aren't the owners picking up the shit? Uh, maybe. Or maybe not. Well, if they're good owners, they should be. I, d- I mean, maybe you have a dog. Yeah, so I'm 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 not yeah, agreeing with you, you have, really. <laughs> well, you have an informed position because you actually mm-hmm. have a dog. Well, here's the thing. I uh this is technically illegal, but so many people in the city do it. At Oz Park, it's not a dog park. But a lot of people take their dogs there. Yeah, and but it's like a known thing. We're tackling the big issues here on and the Continues podcast. They're off leash and uh um yeah, I but my dog just likes it a lot more cuz she can she can run further and faster. A lot of the dog parks you can't get a big long sprint in. Mm-hmm. Um we also don't spend a ton of time there because she's a weird dog that like just wants to run really fast and hard for a bit and then wants to go home. Um but like yeah, a lot of dogs go there and it's um really fun for them. And um, Cuz your dog has a unique name though. <laughs> yeah, so my dog's name is LD. Um, that's he- what she knows her name as, but it's sta- she wouldn't answer to Larry David, but it stands for Larry David. <laughs> and it's a little black mutt, 20 pound female dog. And I named her that because I was really high and I was talking to my friend, Jen White, you know, Jen White. Yeah. Yeah. And for I- everybody listening from Cora, Jen and, and other places on SoundCloud, uh, Jen White is another comedian in Chicago. Yeah. And I'm friends with her. Uh, and, um, I was just brainstorming. I wanted a short name. I wanted a unique name. I wanted a name that's ended in an E sound because I knew I would, I would, um, I always put an E like our dog, my family dog's name is Scout. And I say Scouty all the time. Like I just naturally do that with dog names. You know what I mean? And, um, I wanted some, I don't know. And she's just like kind of neurotic. Doesn't really play by the rules of society. She doesn't act how most dogs act. 
And this dog's this dog's a little bit of a maverick. Yeah, and she likes who she likes. Plays by her own rules. She is, and she likes who she likes. But other than uh, she doesn't really like socializing with people outside of her circle, and it just reminded me a lot of Larry David in that way. And um, I don't know. Also, like I'm like I really like him a lot. I'm just not ab- as obsessed with him as I used to be. But like Larry David, the comedian, comedian. But he's kind of the re- one of the reasons I moved to Chicago to do comedy or like inspired it a little bit. Yeah. And I would have not got this dog unless I lived in Chicago. So it just felt like appropriate. Yeah. There was something know. maybe cosmic about it. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, LD, it's L. L D two letters, but L-D. you could I say it like E L D I E. Like I say it L-D. so L D. So yeah. I say it really fast. And I just think it's That's cute. a good name for a dog. Yeah, I like it. And people always laugh when they ask what it stands for, so it's like a conversation starter. starter. Yeah. yeah. How many dudes do you meet going to Oz Park and breaking the rules? Um a lot, but most people who have dogs that I meet are women or if they are men, they're in a relationship a lot because a lot of guys, uh, at least at Oz Park they won't get a dog unless they're in a relationship or I don't know. There's one really hot guy there that I've wanted to ask for his number or social media or something so bad. And like we had like cutesy talks. I have, we haven't been going there the last week, like at all because yeah. of the weather. It's horrible weather and it's too cold. It's for my uh, freezing has, and, and icy and she uh, likes warm weather Chicago. and she barely has a coat. Like she's very thin hair anyways, but I'm just, the thing is, is he, hasn't really given me vibes that he wants that and also i feel like it would just be so awkward to be rejected and then keep bumping into him you know what you should do you should borrow my camera and then take photos just take photos of a bunch of like take photos of ld and then take photos of his dog and then go like hey i got a bunch of photos of your dog they're actually pretty good what how do i send them to you because uh, I went to a dog park smart. one day. I borrowed a dog. I borrowed a friend's dog. Actually, we were babysitting the dog, Gloria and I. So okay. it's not like I borrowed the dog. But right. we had the dog on loan, and we went to the dog park that's down uh, Sheffield. This is the most so boring. That's the other park we used this to go to This is so boring time. if you're not Wiggly. from Chicago. Wiggly yeah, Wiggly Field. Field. Yeah, we used, I used to take LD there. It's just a... It's a little bit further than Oz Park. Anyways, go ahead. Anyway, I did the. Uh, I t- started taking photos of other people's dogs, and then they started coming to me and going, "Did you get a photo of my dog?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" It's like maybe I'm taking a, like a, if you take a photo of somebody else's kid, maybe yeah, they're mad that's, at you. Well, that and they is... were like, "No, no, no! I want the photo. Like yeah. that's so. How do I get it from you?" That's cool. So, uh, so there's that. I noticed you were eyeing your cup of coffee, which was up there. Do you need to go grab that real quick? Uh, I mean, sure. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I see Merritt's like furtively looking over at the the. Can you grab my big thing of tea also, by the way? Thanks so much. Cool thing. It's like Mountain Man. Yeah, this uh, podcast is unofficially sponsored by Blake's Hard Cider and Armada, Michigan, and also the Stanley Company. Since 1913, Stanley has been producing strong, hardworking thermoses and Jesus, Brendan, and lunchboxes for a hardworking man. Made in the USA, Stanley products. Um, here's the thing. He has like a super adult apartment. It is so nice. Um, it's so much nicer than almost any other comedian's apartment. Uh, I really appreciate you saying that. And it's just, uh, yeah, I, I'm like jealous. This is all Gloria's I It makes me wish I was in a relationship so you could split rent. Well, let's, all right, hold on. Let's back up. Uh, you live by yourself now? I thought you had no, roommates. No, I have two roommates. It's just, I, in my apartment's great. It's just, uh, 
you know, I mean, if I lived with a person, this would be like an ideal apartment. This is an amazing apartment. It's but yeah, my apartment's nice, yeah. good. It's just very old and run down. And like, yeah, we don't have a dishwasher. We don't have laundry on site. Oh, um, yeah. And the floors are really gro- gross. Like you can't. Uh, we just cover them up with like huge rugs. But, oh, gross. Um, it's fine. It's a super great deal. It's going to be the hardest part about leaving Chicago when I do eventually. Yeah. Uh, no set timeline right now, but um, it's yeah, it's an amazing deal. I live let's, in Lincoln Park for really, really cheap. Like people don't believe me. Let's um, let's back up a little bit because yep. what I want to do, if they, uh, pardon me, if all eight of my listeners haven't tuned out already, um, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we should start over. Maybe well, I just want to go to so so Mary Landsigner is a comedian here in Chicago, and I met you almost three years ago now, uh, when I moved to Chicago and started doing comedy. Um, I'd been doing comedy a long time before I moved here, but like, uh, you were very, I was scared of you for a little while because you're very focused. And for people who don't know Merit, um, she is a very focused woman. It feels like you're very, uh, you were, you were, it felt like you were in, you had some, it almost, I don't want to say it felt like you had something to prove cause that was not quite the right choice of words, but it felt like you were like. I'm fucking doing this shit. It, I constantly feel like I have something to prove. I okay, don't so think that's exactly anyone takes me seriously <laughs> at all. I never feel like I'm taken seriously. So yeah, I'm also just not. <laughs> I never realized uh, how I came off until I started doing comedy because you're around people that you know. But I'm just not okay. So like, I'm considered an extrovert, but I think I'm not totally because. I don't naturally go up to people and be like, hi, and this and that at mics. Like, I'll kind of nod or even yeah. ignore them for a bit until they say hi to me first. And as a, <laughs> as a female, that comes off as your bitch. And I'm not trying to be, or you're intimidating. And I'm not trying to be, but that's... Um, I've learned I'm, I'm really bad at networking. It's something I need to work on. But it's just... Uh, I don't know what it is about me. I just... Um, I hate... I, I hate small talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I get the feeling it's interesting because I think that especially in America and especially in the Midwest, if you're a woman, you're expected to be accommodating. Right. And I'm not in, uh, we were talking about this earlier. So I'm from Minnesota. I grew up on a farm. There's a big saying Minnesota nice or even Midwest nice. And so people, when they meet me, they think I'm from like New York city a lot, especially if I've been drinking. Cause I'm naturally super blunt and then I'm even more blunt. And, um, I, I don't know why I'm that way. I've been that way since I was a kid. And like mm. sometimes it's like cool, but sometimes, you know, it does like there's I'm sure there's people in the scene that think I don't like them. And I I I there are some people in the scene I don't like, but the ones who are thinking I don't like them are probably not the people. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the people I don't like, I barely ever see. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I it, it's just. And I ha- I'm really bad at hiding my emotions on my face. Well, too. I think it's strange because I think that men and women inhabit different worlds. And this is one of the reasons that like there's no guy who I mean, there's there's guys in the stand up comedy scene in Chicago who I think are dicks. But it doesn't there's no I mean, like people think, oh, that guy's a total dick. There's no consideration. And I'm sure he doesn't think about it or care about it or it doesn't even come up. But I think like the if you're a woman and you're not accommodating at all, there's like, uh, or, or just 
you know, like a tuning fork to everybody else's emotions around you or something like that. There's almost a strange perception that you're like, okay, so why aren't you like, why didn't, I don't understand. Is why there a problem here? Yeah. Like, why didn't you say hi to me? Or why did you say hi yeah. so briefly? Like, I don't why say hi to most me? people in the standup scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the other thing is, is like, I've been doing this since I was 22 and I grew up on a farm where everyone knows who you are. So I'm not used to having to be yeah. that way and then I went to college in Minneapolis I was a nobody it's one of the biggest colleges in the country and um so then you know I, I was used to ignoring people so in stand-up it's like it's it's weird because it's almost like you know so many people but you don't know anybody so mm. I went to a high school where everyone knew everyone and then I went to yeah. a college where you're not expected to say hi to anybody and so I um, I'm just learning how to do it more. And I think I am a lot better at it now than I used to be. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback from strangers or even friends, but um, it isn't natural to me. Like I see uh, I'm not going to like name drop women, but I see so many women that are like super friendly to like all the guy comics. Yeah. And, like I it's just um, I don't know. And then also and people until they get to know me they like maybe think i'm mean but my thing is is me if i'm like joking and kind of razzing you and being mean that means i like you and yeah, then yeah. people eventually learn that and then we can like get along but it's like i don't i'm yeah i'm just i i guess i'm not i i act a little bit more like um a dude sometimes maybe yeah i don't know well, I think it's very funny. You were talking about your like, uh, like rest. You didn't. These are my words, not yours. But resting bitch face, and it's really funny because I, guess I almost sent these to you or posted them on Facebook, and I was like, apropos to nothing, this might be kind of mean, but you came to Blarney like last week, and Did I, I have that. Bad? Oh, you were just sitting watching somebody on stand on stage, and your fate. You were just nothing, no emotion, <laughs> just watching them. And I took three photos oh, of you shit. and like zoomed in each time. <laughs> And I was about to be like when I was like when you're at an open mic, but you're dead inside. And then that's I was gonna so take me. You. Yeah. And I was, that's why I didn't post it. And that's, I was like, no, that's funny. I, I was like, Merit that and I, was funny. I was like, we're kind of friends, but I feel like that might be kind of. And it wasn't even for you. I was like, if other people saw me post this, they might think this is kind of aggressive. Oh, like sexist or something. I don't give a shit. No, I think that's funny. And I yeah, that is. Yeah, I, I'm, I can be kind of tough in the audience if someone looks at me like I'm I'm not. I try and be encouraging at my mic that I help host, but if I'm at someone else's mic, uh, yeah. You, well, here's cares? the thing: I've dealt with so many dead faces, so it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is comedy. Yeah, like if if you're gonna be mad at, oh, that girl isn't like this is get over it. Yeah, like that's gonna just make you better, and um, you know, I'll laugh if I think something's funny though. Like some comics won't yeah. laugh, or like they trying they'll to do be stand up. I listen sometimes. <laughs> I always try and listen to at least the first 30 seconds before i look at my phone like can you keep my attention um i mean trying to do stand-up comedy is like trying to land a fucking b-52 and a hail of gunfire like yeah. it's just there's so much going on and it, 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 it and there's so much trying to rattle you and it is a thing where if you're if i don't know you and I, other people in the room you do tend to zone out a lot faster because um you know, you're just that's like, just I, the yeah, way it is. Uh, we're here there's 40 comics signed yeah. up yeah i can't sit here and give you all attention for you know three hours and yeah so you know it, it's just well hold on though i want to back up because we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah, again sorry, I, go you ahead. so you moved to chicago to pursue comedy yeah on a whim with no comedy experience no job and knowing nobody in the city by okay, myself so, like a crazy person <laughs> 
And I and like people think I'm really ballsy, and that's the one ballsy thing I've done. I just started buying plane tickets. Finally, I'm finally gonna like travel more. Um, because actually traveling kind of gives me anxiety, but I'm trying to like get over it and just get out there and do it more. But, uh, yeah, the fact that I moved, I drove myself out here. Um, and you had no, did you even know people who lived here? I knew one girl, but I literally haven't seen her since I moved here. And did you, okay. So so I like knew her, but barely. So no, I didn't know anybody. Had you been to Chicago before? I had visited her, that girl. We were like, uh kind of friends but we like lost touch like we didn't even go to the same high school we like knew each other through i knew her cousin through like a, just a long thing so anyways yes i had been to chicago twice before um but just like downtown area yeah and um and you had never w- with done my stand-up. family once and then once to like party with her and then i think once to party with college friends but uh yeah no i never done stand-up i moved here originally to do improv at second city and then i did the writing program and i discovered stand-up a few months into that um did both for like a year but dropped the other stuff as soon as i got through the programs because i fell in love with stand-up and i didn't um love the other stuff as much and also um I the thing I like about stand up is I have all the control and in improv like you have to play off other people and you have to like build these relationships and it's really hard to do that as an adult and like um uh it's like really hard to like okay I have to find a really good team like that stressed me out I didn't know hardly anybody so it's like yeah. What am I just gonna force being a team with these like ten people I know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was on an independent team for a while and we did really good, but then two people got in a fight, the team broke up, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, well this fuck. is a, yeah, this is a gotta... great reason to just quit. Yeah, well, <laughs> Cause... it's funny because who the uh, the woman you met earlier, Ashley Van Esley, Esley, who's over here, I went to high school with. She's been doing improv for seven years, wants to get into stand up, and she was talking about how the problem was that she's like, it's just always managing team stuff. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You make your own schedule. That's what I really like. Also, I can, you know, I can, uh, if I want to practice old jokes, do a more tight set, or I can just, you know, riff, do whatever. Whereas in improv, you know, you always have to try and do a good job for your team, or at least I assume that's what you want to do. Whereas in stand-up, you can be selfish. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And you've, you've, it's kind of interesting because you've gone on, you now produce two, at least two shows that I'm aware of. Uh, which is Tenant the Store and Hot Dish, which yeah. I only found out recently is what a casserole is called in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how I got the idea for the name. Yeah, well, I mean, I get that now. Yeah, but I was a like, lot of people don't really <laughs> get the name. It's the Minnesota thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, I had a, you know. No for, one says casserole in Minnesota. Everyone says hot dish. That's so, it's so weird. That, what a strange cultural thing. Yeah, it's very specific. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, um. They're fun. Ten at the store is uh, more fun because it's a little bit more laid back and the show kind of runs itself because my friend Brad Rickard's been running it for years before I added on. Yeah. And um, uh, Brad, who came to Edinburgh and did stand up. Yeah. At the Fringe Festival, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I you offered it to me and like I told you, I have a lot of anxiety traveling and I. Yeah, I, I didn't couldn't know that commit hadn't... because. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I also like. I have a dog now and that was when I like was I've had my dog for long enough now where it'd be fine but I don't know I just I've never been to Europe dude like that I don't I don't I don't know what yeah I'm going to San Diego over Memorial Day weekend I'm really excited about that and then I'm also is it the flying part of traveling that you don't um, like no it's the no it's the spending money and 
um, not knowing if I'm going to get like my money's worth. Like, am I really going to enjoy this? Uh, it's, it's all yeah. about spending money. Yeah. I get anxiety about, I, um, I can spend money. Like I blow money on food or whatever or clothes, but like, that's like, it's just dropping you a know, bunch of money at once. Yeah, but Does you also you also when you're buying food or clothes, you know pretty much exactly what you're getting. Exactly. So I don't know what it is. I think it's just okay. the. So you're a, so you. This is so interesting. Mary. I have. I'm. I'm good at saving money. I'm a little bit tight because my. I don't know. My mom and dad, I guess, raised me to be that way. I want to. I'm going to start being more liberal and spending my money more. But like, I'm one of those people that in the back of my head is still like. I don't know. My mom and dad, I'm the oldest. They definitely drilled in like we weren't like uh, they're just not like hippie parents. Like, yeah, yeah. Go travel, experience things like they're the opposite of that. Well, they're and you grew up on a farm. Yes. Like a farm farm. Yes. So your parents are farmers. My dad, my mom has a job that she hates and won't quit because it's really good benefits. Like really sad. I mean, you know, like <laughs> she, most millennials. Well, she grew up. Yeah. She's not a fucking millennial. Um, yeah. No, my dad, uh, we, he lives in the house that he grew up in. It's been remodeled, but my bedroom yeah. when I go home is his bedroom that he shared with his two brothers. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. And that hasn't been remodeled. The upstairs hasn't been remodeled. There's no way the his stuff, old stuff is not still up on the walls of that. No, God, no. Jesus. That, that would be. No. That's too weird no no Well, that's so strange though because you grew up in like your dad's old psycho space like psycho space mean not meaning like psychotic but like he he inhabited that space well, he had to share this... with his two brothers so i don't think he was spending a ton of time like jerking off or yeah out that's not there. what i meant <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly what i meant <laughs> but i mean like you had to like you had to deal with the miasma of of him and his brothers in your room i just don't even think about that dude though yeah like, i really not don't. once did that occur to you growing up I, no, because it, it. I never really saw the room. How like you it didn't used have like a be. guy. You didn't have like a guy over, and you were like hooking up, and then you're like, I oh my never, god, this is the same room my dad hooked so up with guys with. Oh, I had one guy over, and we never were hooking up in my room because, um, my parent are like we would never go to my room because my parents would know we'd be making yeah. like that was embarrassing. We'd always wait till they go to bed, and then we'd be in the basement. Yeah, and we'd do stuff in the basement. But um, I had the same boyfriend all throughout high school and oh, college. did you? Okay, so I wasn't like dating when I was younger. Got it. Okay, yeah. I was actually also in the same relationship through high school and college. Yeah, I. That um, must be a real Midwest thing. Maybe I don't. We were actually in love though, and like we're. Um, you know, on good terms, he's like becoming a doctor now and has like a girlfriend. Whoa. And, uh, she has a kid that's pretty much his kid now and his life is like, he's adopted this kid. Serious. Uh, I mean like if, yeah, I mean they all live together. Sure. They're not He's like, a, he's yet. like the kid's stepfather though. Basically. Pretty, yeah. Well, yeah. The dad's what a nice not guy. in the picture. Yeah. I, he's a really good person. Everyone in my family loved him, but you know, I wouldn't be in Chicago if we never broke up. Yeah. Do you feel, so this is what I want to get to is like. What it, you, you I, I, I've always thought you're a very confident person and I know that, I mean, like, I know that you have to, everybody has to have some kind of issue to make them want to do stand up comedy. But like, I, what I, what, what I've always thought is that you're a very confident person and it takes a lot of a certain type of confidence or chutzpah or whatever you want to say to get in a car and drive to a city to do something that you've never really done. And you're just getting, going into like, how did you, th- what was the, what was happening to make you want to make that decision? 
because that's a big that um, was a big that was a big risk so what happened was i graduated in december from college all my friends were still in school till may and i was uh going on job interviews not excited at all like i still but you like, were in minnesota minneapolis yes. and i was in an interview and this lady's like you're qualified for the job but you clearly don't even want to be here aka nailing the interview uh <laughs> i'm so bad at interviews i'm really bad at faking enthusiasm and that's basically what you have to do in a job interview, especially if you're a comedian, because none of us want a regular person job. Yeah. Um, and she was like, what do you really want to do? And so I lied to her and I said I wanted to work at an advertising agency because that, that's what all my friends wanted to do. But the deep down, I was like, because I, um, I saw a show at Second City with my family. Yeah. And I thought it looked really cool. And I was like, maybe I could do that. And I knew they had a school. So deep down, I admitted to myself and then I was driving from my car back to meet up with my friends for beers. And I said it out loud to my friends and they all thought it was a great idea. So from their encouragement, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then I had to tell my parents, which was horrifying. Was it really? Yeah, because like no one in my family leaves Minnesota. I have a very tight knit family. Um, so like my cousins and my mom and dad, like we're all really tight. So yeah. we're like a family of like 10. Yeah. And then we also have other relatives. I'm going back to Minnesota literally five times this summer for different weddings. Well, you three cousin weddings and two high school. Like that's oh in, that's God. an insane amount. I'm also <laughs> going home for a college like reunion thing. I'm going to Minnesota literally six times in the next like four months. It's so up. weird because like I I have to admit like when I see you post photo, you went last summer. You went back, I think. Yeah, I go and you back posted a, lot. a bunch of photos where you're just like I'm back at home with my family, and it literally looked so idyllic that I was like, she lives in the Shire. Like it was. <laughs> It was like you're, you're and your dog are hanging out and your family and it's just beautiful and everything's green. I and know. Like, a part of me really just wants to, um, you know, just not want. I wish I didn't want to perform. There's this, you know, you have it. Anyone who does comedy on a regular basis has it. But I wish I didn't have a drive to perform. I think the entertainment industry, even on the smallest level, which is Chicago comedy, I think it's part of me thinks it's really gross. And I... Um, you know, like a part of me really just wants to like uh, just move back and mm. um, find a job and oh God, if I could find a person and fall in love and just be by my family. But a bigger part of me doesn't want to do that yet. Yeah, maybe I'll do that when I'm in my like mid 30s if I'm like, fuck all this shit. Yeah. But I yeah, it is idyllic and it's uh, less stressful. And, um, you know, but I also growing up. Uh, I got diagnosed with depression when I was 17. Damn. Chemical. Like, yeah, I didn't know why I was crying. Like nothing major happened a year later. I lost a friend, but you know, I had depression before that. And then all throughout college, I was super depressed because this I is wasn't how intense. This is how intense merit is. She rolled her eyes at her own story of losing a friend. Well, just because everyone like has gone through that. And I'm like, I'm not going to like act like I'm like special or anything. Oh, my God, Merit. Well, it was really sad and traumatic. I did. I uh, when you go to a funeral, I've only went gone to old people funerals since and before this. But when you go to a funeral for someone who's 18 was supposed to be valid Victorian really big deal it's yeah. a couple months before graduation um yeah i like had a um i still remember i was back then the style was to belt your waist yeah this is 2010 that was really big and i um it must have been too tight and between that and seeing her body yeah i literally had i couldn't breathe i had like a full-on panic attack and that's the only time that's happened i started bawling and I remember the biggest thing that freaked me out is my sisters were by me and they started crying because they saw me freaking out. So then I was and it was 
it's just a, a big, whole thing big and mess. like yeah and well i had to go off to the side because obviously we don't want to see her family seeing me freak out to like make them upset because it's like obviously way harder on them whatever this was like uh yeah, losing, eight years ago yeah. now but anyway anyways okay <laughs> sorry to drag you back through <laughs> no that. it's okay but in college i i never got excited about anything like i was you know, so the one thing that I keep doing comedy, even though I hate the industry, I think it's gross, is because I actually care. Yeah. I actually get my ass up and I do it. So that's what makes me keep doing it because I don't really care about anything else. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny because I think that that you're the burden of wanting of the of performing and the burden of of feeling connected to performing is so heavy because like. I, I've talked about, you know, like we're about to uproot, you know, Gloria and I live in this lovely apartment that yeah, you've seen and right. we're about to uproot and go to New York because I'm a crazy person and mm -hmm. it's just the next level because, you know, it's nothing against Chicago, but it's like this, the ceiling feels kind of low and like, yeah, you, were, you get we were, pigeonholed here yeah, really easily and because we were, it's very clicky and it's, ha it's perception of how people see you. I've definitely been pigeonholed in a certain way i know that and i know it's about some things in the past but it's yeah it's for sure it, uh, even if you haven't it's like yeah it's very clicky it's it's sometimes it's not based on talent it's based off who you're friends with well it's you know tristan a smith who's a comedian here for those on the podcast uh put it like this he was like you know the comedians who are very successful in chicago are comedians comedians mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily the best comedians for an audience but that's, they're the, yeah that's very true but they're the best comedians for other comics they make other people who are comedians who watch them feel like you know what i'm this is a valuable use of my time and i feel better because this guy's life is either or this girl's life is either more fucked up than mine or they're dealing with some other crazy shit or whatever they're saying it's like i can relate to it because i'm in this in group that or it's just we want to see things so shocking that we think it's funny whereas yeah. maybe audience normal people there's someone that pops into my head that's a favorite of everyone in the scene but i i i feel like yeah maybe it would be harder with normal audiences with him because he does very absurdist out there stuff yeah is it matt kennedy because that's no. who i was thinking of <laughs> i no. I went on the road it's with Matt. Steve Gerard. Oh yeah, totally. And he's like everyone's favorite, but like yeah, he's great. I, I love him. But like yeah, same thing with Matt. Could you see him? Uh, I've never seen. I've Matt. seen a room not get him before because like he does very absurd stuff. It, it's funny because I've he does very absurd stuff. Let me talk about him and then talk about Matt in a second. But I I saw Steve do a ton of comedy when I first moved here, and I didn't get any of it. And then one day it just hooked, and I thought he was the funniest dude I'd ever seen. Like it was mm -hmm. when it hits, it hits. But if it doesn't hit, it's just it. Do, it's just he's off in his own world, and the audience won't come with him. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Comedy. Uh, I always get way more compliments from strangers than I do from comedians. I'm not. That's so funny. I'm not a scene darling, and that's okay. It's very funny because I did a show at the Laugh Factory on Friday, and like, I I didn't I did fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I got a lot of big laughs. I did well, but I didn't do as well as I knew I could do. Mm -hmm. And that's the weirdest situation to try to describe to a non-comedian because all these comedian non-comedians will come up to you and they'll go like, hey, you did great. And you're like, no, I didn't. No, I say that literally to people all the time. They're like, that was so great. And I'd be like, 
this is I'm always like yeah it wasn't clip worthy it wasn't I'm like <laughs> I I don't I'm yeah I'm very hard on myself that's why stand-up comedy I fell in love with it when I first started because I had no expectations because coming from a non-performing background if even if I got a little bit of laugh or even if I got through it because the adrenaline rush because I was so nervous I felt so good yeah and now I don't get that feeling hardly at all anymore but you're still constantly chasing that feeling because now in order to get that you have to have a really good you have set. to crush yeah yes. you have to have you have to have a moment of almost it's almost transcendental like it yeah. almost it's it's almost like a takes you out of your person and the audience comes with you actually the last time i had that uh was the last time i had it in chicago was at the ten at the store set i did oh that's my show for those people listening <laughs> um yeah i don't know I don't get the thing where you feel like you're outside of your body. When people describe that, I've never really felt that way. I don't really get that, to sure. be honest. What do you, you just get it like the adrenaline rush. Yeah, and I just feel like, good. You ever try, you know, skydiving? No, I really want to, though. <laughs> um, I I actually was dating a guy years ago. <laughs> do you ever ago. try spending a lot of money on vacations? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to work my way into that more. Uh, Maybe after skydiving, Merritt. <laughs> no, I really want to go skydiving. Um, I asked. I want to go with like someone else, though, because I want to like experience it with someone else. Like, But like everyone's like, oh, you could go. But I want to experience it with someone who I'm kind of close to. Like, I feel like that would mm. be more fun than like mm. someone I'm just casually friends with. Mm. I don't know, but it's... A, yeah, I should do it this summer. I don't know what the fuck I keep waiting for. It's just kind of expensive around Chicago and the suburbs. Yeah, do um, it when you're back in Minnesota. Yeah, I should. I should. It would be way cheaper. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I should. Uh, I have to convince my sister or someone <laughs> to do it with me. We're going to we're gonna run up on time here in a little bit. Oh, but, man. Uh, I love being on podcasts because it's when you actually kind of have like a genuine conversation with someone because I always feel like we're so busy and go, 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 like... Do you know what I mean? It's also like strange because it feels like you can't have an agenda in a podcast. You almost can't have an agenda in a podcast. Yeah. Because you can't bail if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I'm, <laughs> podcasts are weird. There's too many of them. It's really oversaturated, but oh, it's man. always Big time. fun for me to be on them no matter who I'm talking to because maybe it's because we're all narcissists and we like talking about ourselves or getting our, uh, we like our ideas feeling like they're heard. And on a podcast, the host has to make it feel like your ideas are heard. Otherwise they're a terrible podcast host. I don't know. Yeah. What were you? I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, no, I agree. I, it's weird because even mine, I mean, I have to admit this is mostly masturbatory because I feel like I started doing my own podcast and a whole bunch of episodes were just me talking. It was like Bill, me and, it was like Bill Burr. Like I literally was just ranting about shit. And finally I was like, eh, yeah, I'll have a couple, I'll try to have a guest on and see what happens. And my first guest was this economist named Michael Taylor, who I know. And he's the one who reached out to me and he was like, hey, I, I just released a book. And he's like, I know you don't have like a huge following or anything, but I would like to reference. I'd, I'd like to talk about this book. Um, and I thought a good way to do it would be to be on a podcast and I could just reference people to podcast if they want to know more about the book. And I was like, cool. So we did it. And then I reached out to this philosopher named John Marmish who wrote a book about the philosophy of humor being an answer to nihilism. And I got him on the podcast. And then I was like, well, who the fuck else? And then I was listening to Chanel Preston reach out to her. And then it's like, by this time, I just decided to start asking Chicago comics if they wanted to be on too. So it's weird because I have like all these Chicago comics. And then like 
porn star Chanel Preston and philosopher John Marmish. And like, it's just crazy. The whole thing is so weird. I should start a podcast. I had one. I have one with my friend Dave, um, but it's only for. It would be interesting to hear you rant. First of all, that's a great idea. Well, we did it. If we go off on tangents all the time on our we talk, we analyze the episodes. We did the new season. Me and Dave Metz are obsessed with it. We're going to do the next season, too. I mean, assuming we're both living in Chicago when it comes. Yeah. And he has time after his kid. Right. And yeah, because we did it right up to <laughs> when he had when it's married right gave birth. before yeah. she gave birth anyways. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really fun, but it was good probably for us because we both are people who can go on tangents really easily. So then I would bring it back. I'd be like, OK, look, we have to cover this part of the episode. Yeah. So it would like keep us somewhat focused. Yeah, but man. Uh, you don't wh- even have to watch the show to listen to it, but maybe you do. I don't I don't. Know. Here's what I want to talk about before we go, because yes. uh, we do have to get going in a second. But OK. You have one of the most unique uh, Chicago stage presences, I think. Yeah, you do. Okay. And it's because... (laughs) Because I have no idea what's going on. You have a very... The thing that I I feel like you have done... (laughs) I've seen you do. (laughs) And I've I've never seen anyone else do this. Is that like... I, I maybe do this a little bit. But like you're you will straight up become the mom of the audience and be like, you shut the fuck up. You listen to this show. You order a drink. OK, <laughs> your next comic. And then like you'll bring people up. You'll like switch into this mode. Oh, you, yeah. If I'm hosting more. Yeah. So? Yeah. If you're hosting. Oh, not if yeah, you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Pardon me. Not if you're doing just your, your normal set. Right. Yeah. No, if I'm hosting. Um, yeah. I. Oh, my God. My one show. I had this drunk guy once and he I was fucking laying in on him and he got so mad. And I, I was just when I'm on stage and I have a mic like it's like how I would be. But I have a mic. So everyone's listening to me. And, you know, I'm not like afraid of anyone. And I'll tell him to fuck off. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Um, and I don't say it in a nice way. And maybe I should. Here's what but. is so funny about this. You are, you're like a monster. You're also like, I mean, like you're like, I mean, like you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like I will. <laughs> Merit is afraid of nothing, which is funny because Merit is like five foot two. Yeah. And like maybe a hundred pounds. <laughs> way more than that. But thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, no, I mean, well, what, that's the thing though, is I'm on stage. There's a ton of witnesses. What are they going to do? Fucking charge the stage? I mean, yeah, maybe it's almost like actually less of a risk to getting punched when you're on stage than if I'm yelling at, I will be meaner to a guy. If I have a mic in my hand, if they're being a dick, than if it's anything with a bar, anything, if I saw these people on the sidewalk late at night, yeah, I wouldn't say shit because yeah, then I would be scared to be yeah. like, hey, you're being a drunk asshole. But yeah, when you're on stage, it's like... That's so funny. And I know people are usually on my side because yeah. I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are. It's just funny because I feel like you're unique in that way where you're just like... it, you know, And you won't tolerate almost any of it from the audience. Like you just immediately... And by the way, I mean this as a compliment. Okay. I don't mean to have this coming <laughs> off as like a critique or anything. It's like... It's just very interesting because you're... I've been on the show and I'm like, man... Merit is controlling this room like a fucking drill sergeant. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the one thing is I got in a car accident like a year ago and Bill wasn't. He was told, in, yeah. I, yeah. Was, I remember him telling and me about this when it happened. That's the one time I like realized I'm kind of like that in situations outside of comedy. 
is because he was like i've you were like psycho but like in a good way because we immediately got in a car accident i get out of the car and like this blonde girl's like ah, i'm freaking out and i'm like okay um taking pictures right away and i'm like okay so this was your fault and this is what's gonna happen <laughs> oh I'm my gonna god call this the poor cops. girl we need to file yeah, a report this... i'm calling insurance she probably wakes up in well, nightmares no, because i didn't want her to fight it i wanted to plant the seed because it was her fault yeah. but it also was you know how people fight yeah it. yeah so totally I, if i was really confident and you know she was like i could tell i could be i could overpower her and i was like so this was your fault but you know you have insurance we needed exchange and i was just like very yeah i was like this and it's so funny i uh I, maybe it's for my dad i don't know yeah uh bill by the way i remember him talking to me he had he had mad respect for you after that and he uh he, he actually thinks very highly of you oh i don't know about that but he, no, lives he in does New York now he probably thinks i'm a nobody uh no i don't think so yeah. i think he um no he uh we talk a lot and Does he, he enjoy uh, new york he loves it yeah oh, he's having good. a great time he uh you should go visit actually yeah i want to go in june really badly well i'll be out there okay yeah i will i will and maybe we can do a podcast episode in june too that would be cool we'll do it outside it'll be warm okay <laughs> uh everybody uh give it up for mayor landsteiner oh, okay thanks yeah that's weird Oh, and I would tell everyone um, what I've been, what I marathon this weekend while it was snowing was the new season of Queer Eye on Netflix. It's yeah, really, here it's really very good. good. Yeah, here it's, it's good. It's really good. So that's my uh, recommendation. And uh, yeah, I hope this was enjoyable for you. Uh, well, Merritt, thanks for showing up. Uh, Thank you. Everybody be well. Meanwhile, the madness continues. Bye. <laughs>